0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Women Who Travel, a podcast from Connie Nast Traveler. I'm Meredith Carey, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Lolly Ericoglu. Hello. A big thanks to our Instagram follower, Jesse Kwan, for suggesting that we revisit books recommendations in this week's episode, and we're doing exactly that. We're joined by National Book Foundation's Lisa Lucas, who I think at this point we can call a podcast regular... And Emma Straub, owner of the Truly Magical Books Are Magic bookstore in Brooklyn and author of the upcoming All Adults Here, which is out next Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. That is so scary to hear that my book is coming out next Tuesday. Oh, my God, (laughs) it seems.
2: Emma, we will definitely get to talking about your book. And your store a little later in the podcast. But I wanted to start by asking both of you a question, which is a bit of a personal one, because for me, in times of personal crisis, reading has always been my solace and it has been my comfort and I'm finding it really hard to focus and I'm finding it really hard to read and I just, I'm not getting through anything and I'm wondering how you're doing it right now, because books are such a huge part of both of your lives.
3: I feel like we're both going to get fired um, from our <laughs> respective jobs for um, telling the truth about reading during COVID. But uh, no, I mean, I, you know, when I first got in place, like sheltered in place, I think I was like on fire for books. I was like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to read it all and it's going to be great. And I read Masha Gessen's um, Surviving Autocracy, which was great. And it was a galley and I was really excited about it. And I think everybody should read it. But um then I just sort of hit this crazy wall for a while, and it's been hard. You know, the days are busy in a way that I didn't expect them to be. The inertia is profound in a way that I didn't expect it to be. The, that sort of sense of, like, I'm going to become a hobbyist and knit and read <laughs> and watch 12 episodes, you know. It's like none of it has really gone according to plan. I do think, though, that my reading habits will change over time. Like right now, we've been in the cycle where it's like, I can't remember how many weeks it is, six, seven, five, four, unclear. But it's been at least a month. And I think that each week has been such a rapid relearning of how to like live in society and how to live in your house and how to live with your person and how to live with your kids. I don't have any, praise the Lord, I'm so sorry, Um, but like, you know, just trying to figure out how to like be a human being has been so hard that I think uh, it's taken a lot of time to adjust. And I think that we've all spent the past month kind of preparing for a longer sit in. And so I think that my reading is gonna like come back, I'm starting to feel hungrier for it. And there's certainly, like, you know, a lot of books. that I've been thinking about books all the time. I've been flipping through books a lot. I've been reading words on a page. I just haven't had that immersive experience of reading a book since this all started. You know, so I feel like it will come back. I cannot speak for Emma, who has two littles. And that seems like a real challenge. Well,
1: here's, here's what I'll say about having the two littles. Is that, like, many people who do not have small children have said to me... Like, oh, my sympathies, you know. But the truth is, is that because I am with my kids all day, I'm not obsessing about the news. I'm not watching CNN. I'm not listening to NPR. I am playing, and I'm building Legos, and I'm drawing, and I'm reading books with them all day. And it actually has saved my sanity in certainly equal measure as it has destroyed it. Um, I mean, I'm exhausted, more exhausted than I have ever been, for sure. But I, I'm, I'm just, I, I feel like I'm living in this separate kind of pod than most of my friends who who either don't have kids or don't have small kids, you know, like my friends who have older children, um, like kids who are like more either interested in or able to digest what's going on. But in like as a bookseller, what I would ask is like, you know, what are you trying to read that you're having trouble with? Like if, you know, usually you're into like heavy dense, sentence literary fiction, then, like, maybe right now, that's not what the doctor ordered, you know? Like, I've been reading a lot of YA and a lot of rom-coms because that is what the doctor ordered for me. Because...
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I was in... When I got... Here, like the same who knows how long ago, um, to my parents' house in Texas. I didn't read at all for the first month that I was here. Um, I watched so much television. I might be moving to Laurel, Mississippi, based on watching how many episodes of hometown that I have, um, with my grandmother. But I have two friends who wanted to start just like a three-person book club because they were both also feeling like they hadn't read anything. And my friend Elena picked Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed and I put it off and put it off, and then we were supposed to meet to talk about it on a Saturday, um, meet digitally, and it was Thursday, and I hadn't read it yet, and so I just, like, every spare minute that I had over those two days, I read, and I was like, oh my god, why have I not been doing this? This is so much more pleasant (laughs) than watching TV, and since then, that was now two weeks ago, I've read four books, Um, and it was like, it was fully like, I was not reading, and now not watching TV. Um, (laughs) And it's been just like a really, it's mentally really helped me disconnect, partially because I'm on the computer all day with work, to just like have something in my hand and not look up for hours at a time.
2: Yeah. Actually, to that end of a reading rut, one of the things that I've been considering to help myself get out of it is actually um, to reread books that I know I love. And I think part of that so I've been re-watching a lot of TV shows and I think part of it is that I like knowing what's going to happen at the end. Yeah. Um, and so I've been considering doing that with books and I was flipping through uh, Nora Ephron's Heartburn. I've got the most of Nora Ephron book yeah. here as well so I was kind of thinking well maybe I just like dive into that.
3: Yeah. She really called it about the neck.
2: I just feel like she really called it about the
3: neck. As I get older, I'm like, oh, she feels bad about her neck. Yeah. Me too.
2: And you know, when I was, when I remember when I first saw that title and I was, probably like 20 and, and like, your well, neck oh, was does perfect her neck hurt? Yeah. I was like does she have an achy neck it was
3: perfect <laughs> your neck was just like you know like hot neck and then you get older and you're like oh I've got like sunspots on my neck and the wrinkle lives there is that a jowl
2: I don't know is it the beginning of a jowl <laughs> but I feel like I mean she is someone who god I would love to know what her quarantine writing would have been yeah um oh man I'm kind of anti-quarantine essays. Like, I don't
3: really want to know about, like, the, you know, frittata you made.
2: But I think I would with Nora Ephron.
3: But I actually feel like she would be very funny and it would be really interesting to hear what
0: she was doing.
2: (laughs) Um, But in terms of rereading, um, is there anything that you have been kind of yearning to kind of pick off, off your shelf again? I feel so basic.
3: But I really do want to reread a bunch of Margaret Atwood books. So I found on the street, you guys, I'm brave, somebody (laughs) in a little free, somebody in a little free, because remember, I'm here in Los Angeles. I have nothing. I mean, I rolled up with like a book. I was coming to have like romantic weekend with my boo. And like I had like not appropriate attire for six months of whatever this is. You know what I mean? So it's like I had like no books. Like I was just like, I don't know, I'm going to roll in roll out. And um, so on, I was walking down the street, and uh, there was a copy of Margaret Atwood's Orcs and Crake. And like, I'm excited to sort of pick that. I mean, I, I don't know when I read that, but it's like I'm excited to pick that one back up. But there's a lot of things that it's just been sort of like, I don't remember that. I need to read it, um, but it's been more, I think I have more gone towards the, like, this is the thing I missed out on in my life, and I need to pick it up, than, I, than the, like, I would like to revisit. I'm not a good rereader, and Nabokov would have thought I was a chump, but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of, it, I want to ask you, because you, you tweeted about this the other day, and I have a friend who is reading Harry Potter for the first time at... 27 shout out to katie and she's loving it and i would say that she would actively tell you that she's not a fiction person which is a wild thing to say but she's loving harry potter and it's just an absolute joy to have her text me updates as to where she is in the plot yeah um for both of you what is like a book that you wish that you could be reading for the first time because i know that you tweeted about this Lisa
3: I would do crime to reread Harry Potter for the first time from beginning to end yeah in this situation yeah like I would do crime um (laughs) you know I would I would like lick a microphone (laughs) you know to to be able to have that experience back I really really wish I could have it but um gosh what things like were just I really wish I could reread the interestings
0: Mm. for the
3: first time. I wish mm. I could read The Interestings by Meg Wolitzer for the first time. Oh. I still think about those people. Me too. I still think about those people. <sighs> and too. it's just that book moved me so much. I was like, Ethan and Jules and, like, their whole lives. And I talk about this book all the time because it's really, like, Meg moved me, Yeah. you know, when she wrote that book. And it reminded me, I went to a performing arts camp. and And I just, like, that book just absolutely you know, was like the right thing for Lisa Lucas at the time that she read it and probably for her whole life. And it's like, that is one that I would like to reread. In fact, I may order that, even though now I'm in this place of ordering bookstores across America, like books that are literally sitting in Brooklyn. And just, I'm going to have like the great book giveaway when this is over. Well, but but you um,
1: you can bring them back to this little free library. Like you can, you can donate, you know, lots of things. I have to say, I just read the first four Harry Potter books with my six-year-old, and it was so fun. And then we got to five, and he got a little bored, or like, he wasn't, I don't know, we were slow, and so we, we've sort of paused, but I was like, really? Really? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Let's, let's keep going. But then I'm like, okay, he's six. Ooh, it's okay. The House it's okay. of
3: Mirth, too. The House of Mirth. Oh, Marth. yes. Yeah. I mean,
1: like, another one where I just, like, if
3: I know what happens to Lily Bart now. Like, I know. I've read it, like, 15 <laughs> times. Like, it's, like, it's it does not go well. But it's, like, that, my guy was reading it, and um, he was listening to it. Mm. And he was, like, "It does it turn okay for Lily? And I was, like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, it really doesn't at all. I'm, like, I mean, did it seem like it was going to? Yeah. Oh. Um,
1: but, like, what I, I mean, speaking of Edith Wharton, though, like, I feel like what I what I really feel like I'm missing right now, even though like here I am in in Brooklyn, is New York City. And so this morning I was rereading Tamara Shopson's Arbitrary Stupid Goal, which is her memoir about growing up in her parents' restaurant and store. And You know, I feel like what's happening now is that, like, everything before a month ago feels like something out of Mad Men, you know? Like, it feels like something out of another century. And, you know, her book, like, it's, you know, like, most of it's, like, in, like, the 70s and 80s when Greenwich Village was, like, a much, much different place than it is now— but reading it just made me feel so nostalgic for, for what exists, you know, like for what still exists on the other side of this river. But it
3: doesn't, you know, the thing is we all went into our houses and we come out and we walk and we see things, yeah. but it's gone. Yeah. Everything right. that we knew, it's might physically be there. It may have a, you know, a new vibe, a new thing, but it's like, you know, it, it's gone we walked inside and we can go out but we can't go back into what the world will be until it's over and it's not going to look the same and so I'm nostalgic too yeah, yeah. what but are the it, books Emma, that you've been reading that have been like super like New York like because you're a true blue New Yorker you're like from birth yeah like, Brooklyn well,
1: girl I mean I was actually I was born in Connecticut it's a shame That's a great, I was born in New York City I got the birth certificate <laughs> <laughs> it's a great, it's a great shame of my life that I was born in Connecticut. No offense to Connecticut, it's just that I actually didn't live there or grow up there, and so when I have to tell people that I was born in Connecticut, I feel like
2: I feel you like, did all <laughs> the work for New York um, and right. you don't have the best. Um,
1: but I was reading that, and I've been thinking about Nora Ephron and uh, Edith Wharton. I mean, all these these great women who you're talking about you know i just like it it's it is crazy i mean you're right lisa that like i feel like that's what i'm that's what i'm sort of wrestling with is that like like on the one hand i understand that like you know i don't want to read like a thousand quarantine essays or whatever yeah. but someone asked me the other day like you know do you think that like you know this will make it into your fiction and i was like okay. well well this is <laughs> like this is i think that you know there's there's going to be no way to avoid not not just like the details of this but just like the psychic trauma the like collective oh, yeah. psychic trauma of this and so i think like even though you know i like to write like books that are fun and funny like <laughs> there's no there's no escaping this no and i think that
3: there's a difference between the like personal essay about the like extremely narcissistic details of your quarantine. And like, it's like the nine 11 book, right? It's like, there's a book that's just like, this is a book about nine 11. And then there's the book that is set in 2001, right? Like where it's like, it is unavoidable to know that this thing is happening. It is unavoidable in 1944 to, to not be thinking about the war, but the books aren't about that. And so I look forward actually to people parsing this moment in time but I just, I think everybody's first instinct is to be like, this is what it feels like for everything to close. And it's like, I know what it feels like. <laughs> you know, it's like everything closed. Yeah. You know, it's like absolutely the worst and I want out now. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, but it's like, I do think that there's like a thing that fiction does that doesn't have to be like a story about, you know, quarantine. But it's like we can explore all these things that we're feeling and all this trauma that we have And it can just be a moment you know but it's like it reminds us and i think i having missed new york city entirely like i left and de blasio i was walking through union square and uh, there was a crush of reporters and a crush of pedestrians and they were all tightly you know circling de blasio and he was eating a hot dog from a hot dog truck and saying new york is still in business Mm -hmm. and i was getting like hand sanitizer you know, and and flew away. But it's like, but that's the last view I had of New York City. That's the last thing I saw. It was all working. It was all there. Bars were open. Stores were open. Offices were open. The trains were full. And so I think for me, you know, that idea of sort of like, I want to see in fiction and in nonfiction, you know, some trace of what the city that I missed was like. You know, I was, I didn't like sort of flee, to my country house, you know what I mean. It's like I had a kind of different experience of sort of the leaving, but you know, so it's like I'm looking for that too. But right now, Emma, oh my god, it's like I was watching Unorthodox on Netflix, mm-hmm. which was really oh my good. God. And I so good, I think I'm so
0: good. Like the book is on my Goodreads to pick up after I finish the book I'm reading girl now. Who plays I loved- the- Shira Haas; she's amazing. If you know, I know this is a podcast about books, but if you want to watch something really great, watch the four part. Episode or four episode series Unorthodox and the making of afterwards because it's so good.
3: But I was screaming for screaming for all the shots of Williamsburg, which is where I live. And so it's just every time you know we were watching it and I had to keep pressing pause. What street is that? Oh, that's that's my neighborhood. That's my home. Yeah. You know, in a way that I've never thought about home before in my life. It's like yeah, I live in New York. I live in Brooklyn. Oh, cool. That's my that's my bar. That's my neighborhood. That's my whatever. And now it's like that's home, you know? And uh, so I'm deeply interested in reading anything you all might suggest about the city that I love and and am missing so much.
2: Back to books that we wish we could read for the first time. I think for me, a lot of them seem to be ones that have a real sense of place. And, you know, to sort of tie things back to to travel in a way, it's like books set in places that I cannot get to right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. New York included, because... I pay rent for a city that has ostensibly vanished right now. But, um, you know, I think if I could read something for the first time right now, it would probably be the Eleanor Ferrante novels. Uh, just so that I could yes. like, be in Naples <laughs> and like be invested in those, those families and like, all of those characters and just like sink into like a four-book series. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm reading her new one.
0: Yeah,
2: what um, do you think?
3: I mean, so far, so good.
2: Yeah. When does it Mm -hmm.
3: come out again? Like September.
2: Yeah, I think they moved it to September. But I do actually, this is a good um, moment to just say that um, while we are talking about some books that have not come out yet, that does not mean that you can't pre-order them. And now is a more important time than ever to pre-order books, support authors you love. You can just go click that pre-order button on the website of an independent bookstore that you love. And there are lots around the country right now.
1: Yeah. And, and I'll say, you know, if you have an independent bookstore who you love that's in your neighborhood, like, you know, right now is the time when they really need your support. And, you know, this is a really, really terrifying moment for everyone, but it's really scary to be, um, the proprietor of a small business. Um, and, to have employees that you have to pay and rent that you have to pay and all of that. And so, I mean, you know, I think it's important always, but especially right now when a lot of independent bookstores, I'd say most independent bookstores are really, um, I'd say you know, all terrified. Yeah. All. Okay. All, you know, are, are really just, terrified about the future, you know, now is the time to give them as much money as you can. Um, And just like if you happen to not have a particular independent bookstore that you love, there's a new website called bookshop.org where you can browse around and buy books and pre-order books. And most of us independent bookstores have like a shingle on there, but so does... I mean, you, you can, any, every single book that you buy there gives some of its profit to independent bookstores. So, you know, the like, you know, the first best thing to do is to shop directly with your independent bookstore um, and bookshop.org is, is the second best for sure.
2: And Emma, if people want to support Books on Magic directly, what is the best way for them to do that? go to our
1: website, books, dot net, Cause we're cool. Um, ha. and order, order something, um, you know, understanding that, you know, like everyone else, we are running a totally different business all of a sudden, you know, like all of a sudden it's just online and we're doing it with <laughs> a true skeleton crew. And that's, that's true for, for, for everywhere. I mean, and I think that that's good for all of us to remember as we're ordering things online, um, things that we would normally buy in person, like, you know, whatever you're ordering, there is, you know, one person who's going to work to ship that out and just to be conscious of that. Um, and so everything is taking longer, but yeah, I mean, go to our website, buy a subscription, buy a gift certificate, you know, um also do and, not uh, cash all those gift certificates in the day that we get back in yeah.
3: the wild. Like I feel like people are buying all these book gift certificates and it's like it's not cool if you show up like mm-hmm. day 1 with all of your gift certificates and just are like Yeah. We back son. Let's get them. Let's get them. Let's get them. You know. But I think people Emma, you know, it's like I bought a bunch of books. I got a or a book. I bought yeah. some books from I'll, I'll be back with another order, but I've been yeah. trying to sort of like really order from all of my favorite bookstores in the country. So it's, like, Elliott Bay, Point Reyes Books, Books Are Magic, City Lights, like, you know, just, like, support in some way of all these bookstores. But the reality is, right, like, I'm in Los Angeles, and I've been, you know, ordering books from Skylight, and I went there beforehand, and, like, as everything was shutting down, and got my puzzles and whatever. But, um... You know, I think it's important um, to remember that like you might not need a book, like you're shut in with your closet and like they're just and and book releases are going to start to change. Right now we have already printed books that have been sitting in a warehouse that that publishers need to get out you know, much like Emma's forthcoming book, right? So it's like, there's no mechanism to delay her release until 2021, right? Because it's ready, it's printed, you know, they're ready to go. Um, So it's like, it's going to slow with the hot new book that you want. This is such a wonderful time. Everybody is displaced. Everybody is stuck in. We can't see or touch each other, but you can send a gift, And so, you know, it's like I got a package of books today from an editor who just actually was re-gifting me galleys. But another friend who ordered a cookbook. I have no cookbooks with me. So, And I cook a lot. That's been my primary activity for Sanity. Um, And so I had no cookbooks. I was, you know, with my phone and the New York Times cooking app. And I was, you know, bummed out. And so she just ordered from you know, three different bookstores in Brooklyn that she loves. And she got me a different book from each one and they showed up at staccato times. And she was like, who knows when they're gonna get there? And I'm like, I don't know, I'm gonna be here when they get here. So just, it makes people's day to get some mail. And it doesn't matter if it's tomorrow. It doesn't matter if it's on their actual birthday. It matters that they get something. So it's like, if you don't need any books, but you value your bookstore, buy something for someone else, buy that book that they've never read that would be the best quarantine thing. It's great time to think of other people, you know? So I think that's like, you know, it's like if you don't have anything to buy, you know, buy something for somebody
0: else. If you were crafting the perfect book list of things that you wish other people had read, what books would you suggest people buy?
1: I would put I would put just like I mean, thinking when you said when you were talking about the interesting's Lisa, it made me think of. Just, like, the those books that, like, have come out in the last, like, 10 years, so that in your head you think, like, oh, like, is this really, like, one of the greatest things I've ever read, or did I just read it, like, recently and really love it? But I think, like, Jennifer Egan's A Visit from the Goon Squad, I mm-hmm. just, I was obsessed with it when I read it, and... That is a book that I actually haven't read in a while, but I think about it, I would say, at least once a week. Like, at least once a week. That's how I feel about White Teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I haven't
3: read White Teeth since I was 21 years old. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was 20, I was a knucklehead. I was literally an idiot, you know? And it's like, and I loved it, and I, I still love all the things that Zadie does, and so I imagine that I would still love it, but it's like, I have no working, you know, memory of, I don't know what it's about. I know it's about (laughs) North London. And I I talk about it all the time. I'm like, oh, one of my favorite books is White Tea. Yeah. And then they're like, what's it about? And I'm like, "Mm, multiculturalism (laughs) in North London. (laughs) You know, I I have no idea what happens in that book. None. So it's like, I think that there is like a... But I'm, I'm so scared. Are you scared, Emma?
1: No. No. I feel
3: scared. Like, what if it's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Zadie. There's no way it's
1: going to yeah. be, ooh. Yeah. No, that's think, true. Not I with think, Zadie, yeah. but just in general. There's, not some, with, there's... I mean, not, not with Zadie, but also not with, I don't know, not with anything that like that moved you that much yeah. and that you mm-hmm. loved that much. I mean, I think that, like, when I think about things that I loved, like, when I was in high school, you know, <laughs> like, like, lunch poems was, like, my favorite, you know? I mean, and, and I still, like, that is still. That's a great collection. But, you know, I'm just thinking of, like, of, like, real, like, you know, like gateway things, you know, like the books that you encounter when you really need them. And then they sort of turn you on to more and more and more and more things. Like is, are those books themselves always perfect? No, but they don't have to be, you know? I agree
3: with this aside from the unbearable lightness of being, which I have serious (laughs) questions about my childhood love of.
0: (laughs) Um, One book that I actually have bought a bunch of friends and sent to them when it came out, I guess a month or two ago, is Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton, which we had Dolly on the podcast. And while it is as much about romantic love... A lot of it is about like female friendships and how you cherish those people in your life forever and i think in this time when i'm missing like the closeness of friends um the most it's now what i'm looking back at to like send more people um to be like i'm thinking about you here read this book i like i'll prove it um and it's it's yeah an absolute joy super easy to read lots of little short vignettes very fun
3: I'm really excited to finally pick up um, Miriam Tause's Women Talking,
0: mm-hmm. um,
3: which I had been meaning to read and just kind of kept sitting on my nightstand. And so I'm really excited to read that one. People that I love have loved it. The poet, um, Dwayne Betts, like gave it, like the, the, the recommendation that pushed it over the edge for me was him. Because it was just like not a book I expected him to be like, this is what you need to read. And he was like, yo, it's dope. And I was like, <laughs>
0: Yes. Yeah. So
3: I'm really excited about that one. Another pre-order. I'm really excited about Britt Bennett's forthcoming book, The Vanishing That's... Half. I loved the mothers so, 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 so much. Um, an editor sent me her galley because I couldn't get a copy of it. So she just like went to the post office, and sent me her very loved, very dog-eared copy, which gives me like lots of hope that it's going to be <laughs> awesome. No. And then I, um, I'm going to read Middlemarch with a Colleague, one of my uh, one of my coworkers is like it's her favorite book, and I was sort of like I'm thinking about reading it. She's like I'll read it with you, and I was like, Will you? I'll read it. With you you <laughs> this know, I was so really excited to do that. And then the oh. last one that I will say that I have not yet been able to figure out getting a copy of in advance is uh, a book by an incredible author named Emma Straub. Oh, still, and <laughs> I feel like her comical and very smart take on the way that the world works um is much needed in this moment and so i have actually been emailing publicists to try and get a copy of your book lisa
1: you know who can send you a copy (laughs)
3: and you know what the one book that has actually gotten me through it is i'm gonna say that it's uh it's saga but it is illustrated by a woman named fiona staples um who is like i think an equal partner for the writer Um, And, like, when that book came with its little Books Are Magic, and it's like, that is the one reading experience where I just sat down on the couch and I just tore through it, and I needed that break so bad. And it's like, I knew that not only, you know, did, did Emma build this store and name this store and build a beautiful mural outside and hire great staff and, you know, figure out a way to get us excited about it, but she got the stamps.com mailer and figured out, you know, how to get the book into the envelope you know, during a pandemic and got this book to me and it really was magic. It came and it was like, I didn't know it was the first book I got the first book I ordered and it came here and it really did feel like books are
1: magic. Oh, thanks. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot right now. You know, it is, I mean, it's a lot for all of us for sure. Um, You know, but it is, it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy time to like be publishing a book and running a bookstore and raising two kids and turning 40 on Saturday. Oh my God, welcome. I cannot say it has been the best year, (laughs) Um, but I do think it's a great age. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm fine. You know, like I feel fine about turning forty. But wait, I have some I have some book recs too. Um, so I feel like a, a cup, a few of the books that I've read recently that I really, really loved were all books, either about writing, or about writing and reading together. And they are in order of appearance in my brain. Lily King's novel, Writers and Lovers, which oof, I just, it was just delicious. It was delicious. Like, I mean, it had the like, um, you know, like waitress, writer, struggling young person story that like we've seen before, but written in a way that we have not, um, I just, I loved it. I just, I just loved every page. And, and then actually the other two are memoirs, sort of. Um, So one of them is uh, published by Tin House by a woman named Jen Shapland. And it's called My Autobiography of Carson McCullers. And it's about Jen, uh, who is a writer and a writing student at um, UT Austin, who had a job like her, like, you know, TA, like her job as a student was at the Ransom Center in Austin working with the manuscripts. And so like, she was like a clerk basically. So someone would say like, okay, I need to, you know, see, you know, this author's work from whatever. And she would go and pull the manuscripts or, you know, documents that they needed. So it was like being like a low level librarian. And Carson McCullers' papers are there. And someone asked for something about Carson McCullers' relationship with a woman or, or a, a particular um, stack of letters, something. And this writer just like fell into it and got really obsessed with Carson McCullers. And the whole book is about the writer's identity as like a young queer woman who's sort of figuring herself out and Carson McCullers, who was, you know, not out, but and, and in very, very much kept in by her biographers and the people who told her story after she was gone. Um, so it's a really fascinating mix of biography and autobiography and just like a really like a a much deeper dive than I had ever read on Carson McCullers whose books I like um yeah those are those are my those are my like top top picks those are the books that I read most recently where I was like wow like what's happening what is this I love this um which is just the best feeling
0: So we, Lolly, and I know a few authors, shout out to Jordan Taylor, whose book, The Paper Girl of Paris, comes out at the end of May, um, whose promo time obviously has been pretty overshadowed by everything that's going on right now. Emma, since you have your book coming out, will you tell us about it and use this as a very good platform to uh, (laughs) to self-plug? Yes, yes, I will. (laughs)
1: Um, Okay, so here's the thing. So I wrote All Adults Here thinking that I was like sort of in a sneaky way telling a story about what it feels like to be an adult who lives in the place where she grew up in like a few blocks like I can see my parents apartment building out this window and like you know and in my daily circuit which is very small not quite as small as it is right at this moment, but in my daily circuit, I run into people I know from every corner of my life. Like people I made out with in high school. I see every morning at first grade drop off because their children also go to the school that we went to and, you know. And I, I, I felt like I, I, you know, I set it in upstate New York and I was like, You know, like, but this is my reality, really. And suddenly now, all of that feels like a fantasy novel, you know, like, in the book, it's so it's a it's the matriarch of this family, and her three adult children, and their children who range in age from, you know, four to 13. And they all, you know, they they like, bump into each other at their diner, and they go to the bookstore and they go and get their haircut from the woman who's, you know, now their mother's girlfriend. And, like, you know, it's all really intimate and funny, I hope. Um, and I feel like that, like, this this is my, like, this is my bookseller pitch. But it's also, like, my <laughs> genuine, my my genuine feeling is that, like, I think for a lot of people it'll feel really good to read this book right now because it gives you all the things that you can't have at this moment while while still, like, while reminding you of the complications that those things present, you know? Um, you know, I think, like, some people like you, Meredith, are like, yeah, uh, tell me about being, like, stuck with my family. I uh, know all about it <laughs> for seven weeks. Um, you know, but I think... I think for so many of us, we feel um, isolated from the people we love. And I mean, this book won't replace, uh, you know, whatever like annoying conversation you would have with your mother if she was trying to like tell you how to live your life in a way that you don't want her to, but it'll make you think about that. And it might feel differently um, at the moment than it normally does. Like, I feel like, I don't know. Like, I I mean, (laughs) my mom, you know, my parents live a few blocks away, but my father's health is not good. And so we are being very good about keeping our distance, but my mom cannot resist like dropping off like weird packages inside (laughs) my front door, which is like one of her like main character traits all the time. But usually I'm like mom, I don't need a puzzle you like found on the street and like two new packs of shoelaces and like six AA batteries. Like none of, (laughs) I didn't ask for any of these things. And now I have all this junk in my house. But right now when she leaves these little packages, I want to burst into tears because I'm so happy that she just dropped off these Double-A batteries for no reason, you know? Because all the old annoying
3: things are charming now.
1: Yeah, because I'm just like, oh, that is love. I mean, and I guess, like, this is a, such a long answer, but I feel like, you know, what, what I think my book is about is all the ways that we show love to people. <laughs> and... That it's not reciprocated the way we want it to be, but it comes back to us in some other form. Um, And trying to be okay with all of that, you know, like trying to forgive people being the way they are and just take things as they come. You know, I feel like that's that's what I'm trying to do right now, like in quarantine. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yes, that's what all adults here is about. There's like goat cheese. uh, There's some sex. There's uh, some, uh, you know, beautiful Hudson Valley
2: views. All the things people are craving right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or not. Depends who you're quarantined with. (laughs) Or only in fiction. (laughs) Um, I think actually, Emma, what you were saying so beautifully then makes me think about Lisa, what you were saying about sending friends books and sending those care packages and those little kind of like nods at love and human connection. And it sort of all comes back in a full circle. Yeah,
3: I think that's the nice thing. Like, you know, human connection or even non-human connection in the case of reading Saga, but like connection, right? Uh, you know, complicated or not has been so... I'm often a non-fiction girl. And I love, you know, sort of political tomes and histories and biographies. And, like, you know, I have just been, like, fiction all day for the same exact reasons that Emma is talking about all adults here. It's, like, you want that. You want to read about the things in your life. You want it reflected back. You want, you know, to to take all the ideas you have about interpersonal relationships and put it through the Emma Straub coffee filter, you know, and, and, like, just have that, you know? Rather than this crazy reality we're in right now, and that's been a real gift.
0: Um, if people want to pre-order your book, they can find a link to it at Books Are Magic in the show notes. Um, if people want to keep up with you or with the shop, where can they find you on social media? Uh, well, you can find me at Emma Straub,
1: and you can find the bookstore at Books Are Magic BK.
0: Across all platforms. Perfect. And Lisa?
3: Um, I am, if you want me at work, it's at nationalbook or nationalbook.org. Um, and if you want looking for me, it's Lika Luca L-I-K-A-L-U-C-A, <laughs> across
1: all platforms.
2: You can find me at Hannah and i will say probably taking a picture outside of the books are magic mural when i can leave my neighborhood
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm at oh hey there Mayor. if you're looking for more book recommendations we have three previous episodes all about books that will drop in the show notes for you to revisit and you'll also find links to all of the books that we mentioned be sure to follow us on instagram at women who travel and feel free to dm us with any suggestions for what you want to hear on an upcoming episode we'll talk to you next week